Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Welcome to episode 11, Thrivers. I'm really excited about today's topic. Uh, The soul-filled life is something that is very dear to my heart. So today I really want to talk to you about how you can connect with your own intuition. We all have it. Uh, I wasn't convinced that I did a few years back, but um, we do all have an intuitive ability inside of us. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk you through how to understand what intuition is, how to recognize your own intuitive guidance, and talk through a few methods how you can strengthen your intuitive muscle. As per usual, if after the episode you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You'll find my details over on my website at www.thrive.how. All right, so I want to start with telling you a little bit about my story and how I didn't think I had any intuitive capability whatsoever, that intuition wasn't something that I was blessed with. So as a teenager, I felt very spiritually connected would be the right way to put it. I was very inquisitive about the inner workings of us as humans and very inquisitive about our search for meaning and deep fulfillment. And then, like most sort of teenagers, I kind of had my heart broken and struggled with just being a person in a crazy world. There was nothing unusual or overly dramatic about my teenage years. I was just a sensitive soul in a busy world. And I really shut down my interest in my internal world. When I look back, I think that's really when I stopped following my intuition or my inner guidance and started listening more to the voices around me and to the advice I was being given about how to live a good life. So I think I started to trust the voices from the outside more than I trusted my inner voice. One of the examples I can kind of think of this about moving away from kind of what lit me up into what I should do was when I was in high school and I took photography when I was in, it was the sixth form, so year 12. And I took photography for that year. And I'm not artistic. I'm really not. I'm not particularly creative in an artistic sense. But I really enjoyed photography. It was my favorite class. I loved the freedom I had in the class. I loved my camera. I loved taking photos. I thoroughly enjoyed it all. But I wasn't a A student in photography. I was a fairly average student. I think I might have got like Bs, low Bs, maybe like B minus type Bs. 
but going into my seventh form year, I was I was a very good student at school. And so then going into my seventh form year, I can remember the deputy principal recommended that I drop photography and pick up physical education. And so here I am saying I was a good student and they're recommending I take physical education. I was also very sporty. And I had given up physical education to take photography in, in sixth form. And so they recommended I take physical education in my seventh form year because I was likely to get higher grades in physical education because it's where I naturally excelled. And that would help me with my my bursary marks. It was in New Zealand at the time. And I did it. I, I dropped something that I really enjoyed in pursuit of achievement, in pursuit of external validation, in pursuit of the high marks. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed PE too. But I kind of feel like if I had really been honoring my spirit all right back then, I would have stuck with the photography. So I think... When I look back on my past and try to think about when I stopped listening to my inner voice and that inner guidance, it was probably around about that time. So I went through my entire 20s really disconnected from my inner voice, really disconnected from my internal knowing and and intuition. I went to study law which was not the right thing for me. Again, listening to uh, the pressures from the outside world, not my inner voice. Thankfully, I had psychology there as an interest paper and that was the very obvious fallback for me and it's where I should have started. I had a successful career, as if you've listened to my story, I've had a, I had a successful career in my 20s and then I became a mother in my late 20s, early 30s. When my intuition, and I don't think everyone is like this, but I kind of hit a rock bottom when I was exhausted from motherhood after the birth of my second child, who wasn't an easy baby. And it was in my exhaustion and my surrender, for lack of a better word, I didn't know what else to do with myself. I didn't feel like I had control anymore. So it was in my feeling of no longer having control of hitting my personal rock bottom that I feel like my intuitive voice really stepped up and came to the rescue. So in my most helpless moments, I felt most guided. And for me, so much around of that was around surrendering control. I had been busy going about controlling and guiding and doing the right things throughout my entire life. And when I got to the point that I no longer knew which way to turn, I had to turn to myself. I had to turn to my intuition. And it was there. It was there waiting for me. And I was shocked. (laughs) One day I was watching an episode of Oprah on a Super Soul Sunday episode. And it had Marston Kipp, Gabrielle Bernstein, and Marie Forleo. And if you're in the coaching world or in the online world of self-help, you may have come across some of these teachers. I watched them interview. I'd never seen any of them before, not a single one of them. And I thought, oh, they sound like they kind of know what they're talking about, but I could do that. You know, I, I'm capable of what they're doing. And 
it was like that was an unconscious thought. It was like I wasn't really the one thinking it because it kind of sounded arrogant if it was me. But after that, I actually got in the car because my, my eldest little boy wouldn't sleep. And I can remember thinking, I'm exhausted. I just need him to sleep. And I went for a drive around the block in the hope that I would put him to sleep, which is actually the only time I've ever done that. So this really does show at what point I was feeling burnt out with motherhood. But as I was driving along in the car that day and sitting with my own thoughts, I had a very strong and clear intuitive nudge to start a blog and to start writing. And this came out of the blue for me. I, like I said, I think in my story, I didn't follow blogs. It was not part of my world. I didn't know a single, blo- single blogger. I hadn't written since I was in high school in a creative expression. And I didn't really trust that I had anything to say but I honored the nudge. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that when we talk about how to build your intuitive muscle. I trusted it and I went with it. And even though I couldn't see where I was going, I felt completely blind and I had to have faith that whatever I was doing, in fact, it didn't require that much faith because I was like, whatever I'm doing is going to be something to get me out of where I'm failing. And so I trusted this intuitive nudge, which was probably the first time in my life that I had. And it didn't lead me astray. You know, two and a half years later, I'm here and have remembered my power, my capability and what I have to offer the world. So yeah, after being uncertain about whether or not I had intuition, I got hit over the head with mine in my darkest hour or my, my time of surrender. And it's helped me feel more alive than ever. Through following that one nudge, I started learning that if I trusted it again, it might take me somewhere more exciting and more exciting. And from there on, my intuition has been the biggest guide in developing this business and where I have gone with it. So now, after coming from a very psychological world, I cannot speak highly enough of the internal guidance we have. And it's not the first time I've mentioned it, but I believe we all have the answers we seek inside of us. As a coach, I see my job as helping people connect with their own inner guidance and helping question and encourage them so that they can find their own path. I don't give people a path. I am a catalyst to help them find their way and connect with their own hearts. So how do you recognize when you're getting intuitive guidance? I look back and recognize that the inner voice was probably always with me. But the thing about intuition and our internal guidance is that it speaks in whispers It is quiet and not screaming. If your intuition is screaming, then it really is demanding to be heard. But typically, your intuition is going to be a whisper, an ache, an unease, a feeling kind of off or something's not right. If you're feeling guided or nudged in a certain direction, or you know in your heart of hearts something needs to change in your life, If you're honest with yourself, you will know what that is. True intuitive guidance feels right in your heart. 
It is the thing that makes your soul happy. And it's about making you happy and not making everybody else happy. It's not about ticking the boxes that the world expects of you. In fact, your intuitive guidance will often push you in directions that might be hard in terms of not being the societal thing to do or the easy thing to do or the standard path. The other thing I would say about intuitive guidance is it feels expensive. So if you're feeling nudged or encouraged in some way, when you think about the change or the advice that you feel like your intuition is nudging you to to consider, moving in that direction feels expensive. And I want to be really clear here that I don't mean easy. I know in the past I've had the nudge to leave a relationship. I've known in my heart of hearts it wasn't good for me. But the idea of moving out of it was scary. Our intuition sometimes requires us to make bold moves and to do the scary things. I didn't listen to my intuition then and it tortured me. I stayed in a difficult and terrible relationship much longer than I should have. Because what I've found now is that if we're brave enough to listen to our intuitive voice, it is always trying to show us the quickest way to our joy. It is always leading us towards happiness and it can be trusted. It can be trusted. But in summary, intuitive, like that intuitive guidance is always going to feel good in your heart. And when you can be truly honest with yourself, you will know that it's the right thing for you to do, even when it's hard. So how can you strengthen your intuitive muscle? So when I think back on my life and the kind of life I was living before I really felt connected to my soul self or before I really felt able to tune into my quiet inner voice, it was a busy and chaotic go through the motions, kind of get on the rabbit wheel. I was in the corporate world, go, 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 go. Um, And I never stopped to give myself space to hear I never stopped to give myself stillness. And so if you're truly dedicated to listening to your intuition, that is your first place to start. You need to give yourself room for that inner voice to emerge and be heard. It's not going to shout at you like the rest of the world does. You know, the rest of the world is noisy and loud. Your inner voice speaks in whispers, like I said earlier. So you have to tune into that frequency. You have to get quiet to hear it. And so I would encourage you to practice stillness. I've written a blog post about some ways that you can add more stillness and quietness to your life, but I just want to talk through, and I will reference that in the notes. But one of the best ways you can do that is meditation. If you can give yourself some speech, some space every day to practice quietening your mind and it could be five minutes if you do it for long enough you will hear the whispers of your heart so much more clearly I also encourage people to really foster a connection with their inner world so meditation is one way to do this but another way is writing journaling exploring your inner word 
world, <laughs> exploring your inner world through language, through writing, through expression. You could write a nightly journal and just see what is going on in your heart. What, what are the emotions that are working through you? The way I do it is I often get myself really quiet and perhaps after a meditation session, then I will grab my journal and just let myself write without judgment. And you'll be amazed at the wisdom that you have within yourself. You will be amazed at what you can tell yourself if you give yourself the space and quiet to receive your own messages. You might ask yourself a question once you have got quiet and say, what do I need to do about this situation? And you will be surprised that you have an answer. If you allow yourself to write without judgment, it may not be the answer your mind wants to hear. And that's the thing, you know, as I mentioned, your intuition, I believe, is always showing you the fastest journey back to your joy. But sometimes we don't want to hear it. And that goes nicely into the next point, that you have to honor the whisper. If you want to have a more intuitive and connected and guided life, you have to be willing to act on the guidance that you get. You have to be willing to step up and make the changes. And if you're not ready, you will immediately go back into shutting down your, your soul voice or your intuitive voice because you don't want to hear it. It's easier to, to sort of go the other way. And sometimes we're not ready to make the changes in our lives. Sometimes we're not. Because like I said, sometimes they're hard. Sometimes they're things like, you need to leave the relationship that you're in or you need to make a major life change. You need to look at a new career. Those aren't easy things to do. And sometimes we want to avoid them. But if you're truly dedicated to living a intuitive life, you have to honor the whisper. Don't second guess it. Don't start thinking, I don't really believe that. I don't believe that's the the, the best way to my joy or I don't I don't think that's accurate if you second guess it uh, or let your mind second guess what's coming from your heart then you you will just shut it down you will finally the last way to really strengthen your intuitive muscle is to just do what you love so in terms of building that inner connection, Follow what makes you smile. Follow what brings you joy. It could be simple things. You could know that you like the smell of fresh cut grass and you enjoy walking. So walk, walk in the park. That is intuitive guidance. You don't know where it will lead you. Honor the small nudges, not just the big ones. You might love flowers. So treat yourself, buy yourself flowers, make it a priority. Like me, you might like writing. Be daring enough to just start writing again, to pick up a journal and start writing to yourself. You might enjoy reading. Start reading more. Make it a priority. Turn off the TV two nights a week and say, I'm going to read because I know that's what I'm craving in my heart. There's an element of dedication that comes with honoring your intuition. And you have to be willing to do it. And follow what you love. If you really want the fulfilled and joy-filled life that can come from trusting your inner guidance. 
So yeah, there's um, some more thoughts for you this week and I hope it got you thinking. Like I said, I went from a girl who three or four years ago didn't believe I had intuition. I was stuck in the world of logic in my mind and had been trained that way, very much trained that way to shut down the whispers of my heart. So I really had to retrain myself. And that took me to a point of um, sort of surrender and my personal rock bottom. But you don't have to get there to start honoring your own intuition. As I mentioned, your intuition will always feel right in your heart. It doesn't mean it will be easy or you want to hear it. It will feel expansive and right in your heart. It requires honesty. Trusting your intuition requires honesty. In terms of how you can foster that connection with yourself, make time for stillness. We live in a busy, crazy world and your inner voice speaks in whispers. So make time for stillness. Prioritize it if you're dedicated to living a connected and intuitive life. Foster the connection with yourself and your inner world. Soul writing or writing in a journal is one of the best ways I've found to do that. There's plenty of guidance sitting there waiting for you if you give yourself the space to tune into it. Honor the whisper. If you're feeling called to do something, do it. Don't second guess it. Don't start rationalizing it or questioning it. Sometimes our intuition can seem quite irrational. So it requires a giant dose of faith. And do what you love. So if your intuition isn't asking you to make big, bold moves, that is great. That is good. That's not a bad thing. But honor the little whispers. Honor, honor the whisper to get out into nature more. Honor the whisper to sleep more. Honor the whisper to change your diet. Don't question it. Honor it. So as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I really shut down my inner guidance system probably before it really got a chance to get off the ground. So just as I was kind of finding my feet in adulthood, I was already prioritizing and listening to the voices of the outside world more than my inner guidance. And I think that happens for a lot of us. I think a lot of us never even really got to a point of connecting with our inner guidance before we shut it down. But I would challenge you just to end the podcast. I'm going to challenge you to consider these two questions. Can you remember a time when you heard your inner voice? Did you listen to it or did you ignore it? And when did you stop listening? Was it because you got some guidance that you didn't want to act on? Is it like me when I was encouraged to leave a relationship but I didn't want to hear it? I think those are two really interesting things to consider. When did you stop listening? I'll be back next week. I'm going to be talking about activities that revive you and restore you and those things that drain your energy and how to know the difference. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to Here to Thrive. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you could go into iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. I'll be back again next week with more tips on how to live a happier life. See you then.